both of those two I've seen really, really huge success with driving directly to the landing page, getting people right on the email list or to a blog post, which does have the goal of an email list subscriber, but the backup is nurturing and all of those other great things that we talked about. So, Welcome to Thriving Teacher Talk. I'm your host, Jillian Fernandez. I'm a former teacher from New York turned full-time mom and teacherpreneur on a mission to help you create a profitable and sustainable income selling your teaching resources or services. I'm here to make your life easier by giving you the best advice, trainings, and mindset shifts to grow your business, and most importantly, save you time and sanity. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thriving Teacher Talk. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Jenzea DeMartle, a tea-drinking, outdoor-loving toddler mama, teacher, and marketing expert. As the founder of JD Teacherpreneur Marketing, a boutique Facebook ad agency, Jenzea is passionate about helping ambitious course creators, service providers, and coaches amplify lead generation, grow their email lists, and ultimately make more money with their signature offers. Jenzea's expertise lies in working with fellow passionate teacher business owners who are making waves and changing the world. Join us as she shares her insights on how to turn your passion for teaching into a thriving business and how to effectively use Facebook ads to take your business to the next level. Get ready to be inspired and empowered to achieve your goals as a teacherpreneur. Let's get into it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jenzea, for being here. We're so excited to have you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here too. Thank you. Of course. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became a Facebook ads strategist? Of course. So I actually have a TPT store and uh, that I started back in 2013. It was on what I refer to as post and coast for a really long time where I would post products and then do absolutely nothing with them. Then my son was born in 2019 and I was really, really struggling with new mom life and how I could have my own sense of self after having had a baby. And a friend was like, well, why don't you put some time and energy into your TPT business and maybe that'll give you something for yourself and you can work on it in those small pockets of time, like your nap times and after bed or whatever. And so that's what I did. And it totally saved my sanity. And through growing my TPT business, I started to hear more about people making courses and going that route mm-hmm. and growing email lists. And I decided I was going to start doing that. And I just started trying to play with Facebook ads myself mm-hmm. for my own business to grow my email list. I, I created a course for math teachers and promoting that with Facebook ads. And I guess a couple of people heard that I was using Facebook ads and were like, oh, can you help? And then somebody reached out and was like, I'll pay you, which kind of <laughs> blew my mind because to me, it wasn't, you know how when you're in your zone of genius, it's like, yeah. oh, this is easy. Why would anyone pay to do this? I love doing this. This is great. And I was a little right. bit taken aback, but I was like, okay, sure. Why not? And uh, it kind of just grew from there to what I like to refer to as my boutique Facebook ads agency, just like a little microcosm on the, the internet of my own little space. So yeah, kind of a short version. Yeah. And I think you're, I was kind of piggyback on what you said about being in your genius, because there are so many things that I'm like, oh, everybody has to know how to do this. But I'll, so you'd, you'd be so surprised how many people don't know how to do certain things and what comes naturally to you is definitely not a natural thing for others. So, and with the Facebook ads, once I really started to jump into it, I started reading all these forums and Facebook posts that mm-hmm. like, it's overwhelming, it's complicated. And I kind of started to get this idea of, okay, well, maybe my brain is just wired differently yeah. and I just enjoy the challenge that can come from the Facebook ads platform, because it's not an easy platform. I enjoy it. And I, I, 
like doing it and I enjoy the marketing piece of it, but Facebook could make their platform easier for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I know that you've probably seen a lot of mistakes along the way, especially coming from teacherpreneurs when they make mm. their Facebook ad campaigns. So can you talk a little bit about some of those common mistakes that teachers make? So the biggest one that I see is boosting random posts. And I am hundred percent guilty of this as well, but it can, it, the boost a post button is there and it feels like you're doing something. And obviously Facebook wants you to use it because it's part of their money-making strategy, not having a goal or knowing what you're doing or why you're boosting the post or what it's doing within your entire marketing strategy. One of the biggest mistakes I see, and people will come to me and say, well, I boosted a post. And nothing happened. Yeah. But in reality, the boosted posted exactly what it's supposed to, because what a boosted post is just showing your post to more people, getting right. more people to see it, like it, comment on it. And I, at least, and I think a lot of other people also have the idea of, well, I boosted my like uh, lead magnet to right. get more email subscribers. Mm -hmm. But the goal of that campaign from Facebook side and the algorithm side isn't trying to get you opt-ins. It's just trying to get more eyes on that, that Instagram post. And so not really understanding or having like a, a really good like idea of what you're trying to do with the boosted post right. makes people feel like they're just throwing money out the window. Yeah. And I've always been told by like the gurus, right? That you shouldn't boost posts for Facebook or Instagram because it like hurts your engagement for future posts and mm -hmm. things like that. So I don't know how it, true that is, but it needs to be used strategically as part of your strategy, but mm -hmm. it, one of the least commonly used Facebook ad strategies that I've seen with like my mentor and other courses and people that I've, I've learned from, I have heard that. And the, the people who are engaging with those boosted posts often aren't the kind of people who are going to buy from you. And that's right. not what you're looking for. You want the right people coming into your funnel. And so there's other ways to, I'm going to use the word boost, but I don't, I, I, <laughs> there's other ways to like grow your like eyes on your, your business, get more visible mm -hmm. with ads and without ads, but there's other ways to do it that are going to bring in the right people. Speaking about like the right people and stuff, like you obviously need to target the correct type of audience, right? So how important is it for people to know or teachers to know who their target audience is when creating those Facebook ads? I would say it's like top two, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> so, so important. You need to know exactly who you are speaking to mm -hmm. so that, and then this would be the other piece of like the most important things. Who are you talking to and how do you need to talk to them? So it's kind of like two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. The more clear you are on your ideal customer, on who your audience is and how you speak to them, what words are going to really evoke the emotions that are going to get them engaged and invested into you and your business and the products that you sell, whether they're TPT products or courses, it's the same idea. You want people who are invested and knowing what their dreams, their hopes, their struggles all of those pieces are is really going to allow you to have the depth of messaging that you really need to. Mm -hmm. And without those pieces, you're kind of just speaking to everybody and therefore speaking to nobody. Yeah. It's a really cliche sentence. <laughs> no, definitely. But it, it makes sense. It's so true. So can you walk us through your process for creating like a successful Facebook ad campaign for a teacher business? Yeah. So the first thing is to know what your goal is. And there, there's two primary ones that I work with with most clients. The first one will be building your email list. 
-hmm. And the second one is selling products. And so knowing exactly what your goal is, is the very first step. And that helps you to obviously like create all of the assets that are required from like, if it's a, an email list builder, then you need that freebie that you're driving people to you need the landing pages set up the welcome sequence thank you page like all of the different pieces of the funnel before you start running the ad i also highly recommend whether it's an email list building ad or a product sales ad mm -hmm. that you've had organic success that people organically either want to opt into it whether you're promoting it on pinterest or through your blog or social media and same thing with your product i recommend that people have actually purchased this product mm -hmm. before you put any ad spend behind now there is like there is a place for buying data. Okay. But it's not my favorite thing to do, but it you you can. If so, if you know you don't have any data, you know you've never sold something and you're like, no, I'm willing to put some money into it, get some really get like it on it. You can. That there is definitely a place for that. It's just not my favorite thing to do. I prefer to see organic success. Yeah, it's like validating your yeah. Your you're before you start because offers you're, you're going to be like pushing lots and lots of traffic mm -hmm. to this offer and so you want to see is it something people actually already want in teaching businesses there's a flow and seasons to the year right like mm -hmm. in may you're not going to be promoting back to school things right, right. So thinking about that season and knowing exactly what you're promoting and is it the right thing for this time of year so that's the first thing or i guess the second thing Having everything in place and knowing what you're promoting. And then what's your goal and really thinking through the goal leads eyes on your blog, the sales so that you can set it up properly. Mm -hmm. Once you've done that, really diving into the messaging of how you're going to be selling this, whether it's a free list builder or a paid product, you still need to think about it in from the lens of like you're selling people the idea of, of this offer and then really get deep in that messaging. Like I was saying before, it's the most, most important thing. You want to make sure that people feel like you're speaking to them, that you understand their struggles and that you're going to be able to actually do something to help them in the classroom, like save them time with lessons that they don't really have to do much for or mm -hmm. help them to build out their curriculum with engaging resources that they wouldn't necessarily have the time to create themselves, something like that, right? Like you're right. really helping them. And then everything else kind of falls into place after you have those two pieces, like you know what you're offering and then you know how to speak to it because it's a lot easier to create the images and to write the ad copy once you have that information. So that's kind of the process like before without getting into like the step-by-step, -step, which is really hard without showing my screen and yeah. on this button and that button, right? <laughs> so I <laughs> won't get into like those details, but that's kind of the, the beforehand process. And then when you're like actually running the ad and going through everything in your opinion, what are the most important? important like metrics that you're going to track when you're running your Facebook ad to know if you're on the right track, doing the right things, all of that. Yeah, that's a really great question. You want to think about the actions that somebody's taking as they go through the journey. So mm -hmm. for a lead magnet, so you're building your email list for that one, the person is going to see the ad. And then the net, the first action they're going to take is to click on the link to go to your landing page. So th that clicking on the link is their first action. And then once they're on your landing page, their action is to sign up, like opt in, and then they'll get the emails and are they opening their emails? That's an action to open the emails, right? So for each action that the person's taking, you want to assign some sort of metric 
So that first one, are they clicking on the ad? You're looking at this, the click-through rate, the CTR, to see what percentage of people are actually clicking on the ad to go to your landing page. And I like to see that at around 1%. Typically, it's higher. And then the landing page, you're looking for at least a 30% conversion rate. So for every 100 people who land on that landing page and see it, at least 30% of people are saying, yes, I'll give you my email address. I've seen it as high as 80%. So that doesn't like- Wow, that's high. 30%. Yeah, 30% isn't like a, okay, we don't do anything. You can still try to optimize it and increase. But yeah, so at least 30% of people are opting in. And then welcome sequence, the very first email, you're probably going to have an open rate of like 70 80% of people mm -hmm. who opt in want that freebie that you're delivering. And then as you continue through, the open rates will kind of stabilize out between like 25% to 50%, depending on your audience, right? So each of those actions that have the metric attached to them will give you an idea of how the, the funnel's going. Mm -hmm. And like, so you know where you need to kind of like give your attention. Right. Okay. So other pieces with the ad that I look at are the cost per result. So the cost per lead for teacher businesses. If you're targeting other teachers who are still in the classroom or homeschooling moms, you're targeting consumers. Mm -hmm. Your leads are probably going to be somewhere in the range of 50 cents to a dollar 50 for like a PDF download. Okay. If you have like a video training, it may be more expensive to get someone to actually watch the video. But I would say that most teacher businesses will start with a PDF download of some sort, whether it's a free resource or a checklist or an ebook of some sort, right? right. Now, if you're targeting businesses like you and I do, your lead costs are going to be more expensive, probably close to that $1.50 to $3 range, mm -hmm. because it is more expensive to get businesses onto an email list than it is consumers. So just keep that in mind, thinking about your audience, like who you're targeting will impact your lead costs. Okay. And then like when you're, you're targeting your audience on Facebook, like, how do you effectively target the right audience to kind of improve the success of that ad campaign? This is another big thing that I notice when I go into people's ad accounts and I'm looking at their audiences. And it was the exact same thing for my own audience before I really started to understand. Uh, we really love creating the audiences and going in and playing with the targeting and saying like, oh, well, I, it's teachers and math and they're 25 to 45 years old. And from mm -hmm. these countries, we really love creating those audiences. And a lot of people ignore their warm audiences and lookalike audiences. And your warm audiences are anyone who's engaged with your business in a given amount of time. Usually it's 180 days or 365 days, depending mm -hmm. on the, the platform. So on Instagram, these are people who have looked at your profile, clicked on a pic picture, commented, liked. They don't need to be just your followers. It's someone who's engaged in any way with your Instagram profile, your Facebook business page, um, anyone who's been to your website. So these are people who have shown some sort of interest, likely organically, in your business. Mm -hmm. And so they already have at least a little bit of awareness of who you are in your business. And making sure that you're targeting those people first is huge because the warmer somebody is, the more likely that they are to take those actions that we want, whether it's to get on your email list or to buy a product. Yeah. I always think it's so interesting how sometimes I'll click on someone's profile and then all of a sudden I'll see like ads popping up with their face. And I'm like, I just went to their page for a second, you know? <laughs> And but because they have their warm audiences set up. And I find that a lot of people are missing that. They're not targeting these like very rich audiences. Right. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, it's cool how that happens. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, 
the other piece that goes with that is the lookalike audiences. So once you set up like your Instagram engagement audience, for example, mm-hmm. it gives you the option to create a lookalike audience. And what the lookalike audience does is it says, okay, well, you're the original audience that Instagram or whatever it is, those people have ABC characteristics. Mm-hmm. There's like 10,000 of them, let's just say 10,000 people, they have ABC characteristics. Let's go find a million more people that also have ABC characteristics. Okay. Yeah. And so it's going to take your audience that has already shown an interest and go find more people like that, that haven't engaged with your business. Those targeted, those, those interest-based targeting ones, those, they can be great, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit more like rolling the dice and you're just like, well, I, I know it's like teachers and math, but <laughs> the algorithm is so, so good at doing its job you yeah. and trusting it with those look like audiences and like dynamic creative and other pieces of the campaign process. Trusting the algorithm is just going to help you and take so much pressure off of you trying to do everything yourself and figure it out yourself. Yeah. It's so interesting to think about because, you know, before this point, and for any of you who don't know, I've, I've been working with Jinzaya. We're like working on some stuff with Facebook marketing and all of that. I've never done any of this before. So all of my like leads and everything that have happened so far have all been organic. So like just knowing that there are ways to target people who are maybe interested that you've never seen before that have never come across your content is really powerful. You know, it's something that most people don't realize they can do. So, and what you were saying about, like you go to somebody's profile and then they start showing up. Mm -hmm. That's the part of the omnipresence. So like omni being like all over the place, right? Like presence where there's just like, I see Jillian everywhere. Right. (laughs) Right. And And, and there's this thing, right. People say that it takes someone seven times before they actually consider making a purchase. So they have to see your face or see your content over and over and over, even maybe hearing this exact same message over and over and over before they jump in, before they do anything about it. So, and I've actually heard and talked about this before on my podcast and with people about the seven touch points are like major touch points. Now in the today's digital marketing era, if you will, watched a video of you, read your email, like Mm -hmm. had a conversation with you. Like those seven touch points are big, not just like scrolling past an image. Those would be more like micro touch points, like seeing that person show up in your feed, but not actually reading the caption, barely looking at the image, just being like, oh, that's the same person and continuing to scroll is Mm -hmm. like a micro touch point. Same with in your inbox, you see someone's name in your inbox, but you don't open the email that's a micro touch point. Opening it becomes one of those like major macro touch points. It's taking like 40 to 50 micro touch points sometimes for us to, okay, well, like Jillian keeps popping up. Maybe I should like actually read her email and then you yeah, read right. email. <laughs> right. And so, and yeah. that's a, a big shift that's been happening in the online space over the last year or so that it's taking longer and longer for people to take more steps. And so it's having that actually. omnipresence showing up is really important. So in terms of like those touch points and everything, do you feel like copy and visuals play a huge role, not so big of a role, like when you're talking about those Facebook ad campaigns for teaching businesses? Yeah, the most important piece of ad copy that you're going to write is the the headline. Mm-hmm. And so if you're thinking about a Facebook post, there's like the text at the top where there's the read more, and then there's the image. And then underneath, there's a bolded text with the button beside it. So the, ho- the headline is that bolded text at the bottom. That's the most important piece of copy, wanting to make sure that that's short, catchy. We like to make it too long and then it just turns into dot, dot, dots. So about 40 to 50 characters. 
and just like really eye catching, calling out your the people saying exactly what it is, like five tips for test taking strategies or mm -hmm. whatever it might be right. so that people know exactly what they're getting. The image is also really, really important. That's what's going to help you like stop the scroll. The image stops the scroll. The headline draws them in. They go back to the image, which helps them decide, am I actually going to read the caption? It's kind mm -hmm. of the process people go through. Nice. And so the image has that dual purpose, stopping the scroll and then getting people to read the caption. And the caption, you want to think of it as like a snowball almost. They read the first sentence and you want it to make them read the second sentence that makes them want to read the third sentence that makes them want to read the fourth sentence. And in your caption, it's likely going to be each sentence is its own paragraph because you want the white space, you want lots of visual cues so that they can scan. Right, easy on the eyes. Yeah, easy on the eyes. Very similar like Instagram emojis used effectively. So not too much, not too little, but like making it be a story that draws them in. So before they know it, they can't even like stop reading it almost. <laughs> right. But yeah, so the, the headline is the most important piece of copy. And then the second most important is that very first line, the hook. That makes them click read more, right? Yep. Yep. So though that's how kind of they all play together. The headline doesn't always show up like on the Instagram feed. The headline doesn't show up the same way. And mm -hmm. that's why you also need to pay attention to the hook and make sure that that's going to draw people in. That's kind of how they play together and to draw people in. Okay. Yeah. And then like for once you have all this kind of set up and doing all the different things you're supposed to, can you discuss some strategies for like testing and optimizing a Facebook campaign to make sure that it's performing at its best? Mm -hmm. So the first few times that you're running a campaign, I, I recommend you use dynamic creative, which is an option that Facebook gives you to load in all of the images that you have into one place, all of the ad copy into one place, because you're probably going to want to have two or three different visuals, whether they're images or videos, two or three different versions of copy, two or three different headlines, because okay. you never know what's going to work. But Dynamic Creative allows you to put everything into that one place. And then the algorithm starts to decide which images and ad copy are working the best. Sometimes like image one works best with copy two, but image two works best with copy three or whatever, right? So the algorithm does all of that for you. And so that reduces a little bit of the burden on you running the ads to figure out what's working best as you're like first learning, starting to understand all the metrics and how you can tell what's working the best. And so that gives you the ability to focus more on the audiences. And okay. so you can start to like figure out which audiences are working best, whether it's your warm audiences, those lookalikes, some of the targeting ones, and really like leaning into learning about the information, learning about the data, figuring out all the, these other pieces. And then once you get in there and you, you really start to understand the information and you want to start doing it yourself, leaning on the data is the most important thing. Okay. Right. So like I said before, that click through rate is really important. Your cost per milles or cost per thousand impressions is CPM and the cost per result. Uh, you might love image number one, but if nobody's clicking on it and it's costing like $50 to get one person onto your email list, like turn it off. Like don't, <laughs> I don't care if it's the best thing you've ever made in your life. Yeah. Turn it off. Do not waste your money. There are differing opinions on this. It typically takes the algorithm about three to five days, depending on how much you're spending to start to stabilize. Mm -hmm. And then it can take another like two or three weeks for the campaign to really be running optimally. 
right? So sometimes people feel like, oh, well, I have to let the campaign run for like those three weeks. But if you're getting nothing, Mm-hmm. Like absolutely nothing after a couple of days, it's not going to turn around. You can turn that off, <laughs> figure out what the problem is and then get it running. If after two or three days, you're getting pretty good results or decent results, then absolutely let it run and let the, the algorithm optimize. Mm-hmm. You can go in there and turn things off that aren't performing as well. That's fine. But do not let a campaign that is doing terribly like awful garbage, just wasting your money. Don't let it run for a couple of weeks because it takes a couple of weeks to optimize. That's not, no, 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 no. If after a couple of days you have nothing, then you're not going to, it probably will not turn around. Oh, that's good to know. Definitely. Yes. Now I know you've managed a bunch of accounts for people and you've been working with a lot of teacherpreneurs, teacher sellers, all of that fun stuff, right? What What's the term they're using nowadays for us? <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, it, honestly, it depends on the person. Some people prefer teacherpreneur. Some people yeah, prefer PPT seller or author or yeah, I don't author. know. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're all right. I know they're all right. But like, isn't that, isn't, isn't that funny though? Like even using those words can sometimes target different people, right? It's true. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but can you give some examples of like successful Facebook ad campaigns that you've actually managed for teacherpreneurs that have made them successful? Mm-hmm. We're going to call them teacherpreneurs. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what I call them too. I mean, my business is JD teacherpreneur marketing. So that is the word that I also use. Okay. So the, I have a couple right now that are running list building ads. Those are my favorite, by the way, if if you put your money anywhere, I personally recommend that you put it into list building ads because it just, the, the sustainability of your business as your email list grows Mm-hmm. You own that list. You can continue to market to them. Yeah. You can build relationships through your email. So if you're going, if you're trying to decide between list building and TPT products, I personally recommend list building. And then you can market your TPT products through your email list. Your list, right? Yeah. That's, that's sense. my personal preference. So most of my clients are doing a lot of list building ads. And if you go to my Instagram, I started a new thing this year for 2023 ad of the month. So the most recent one will be pinned. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So those list building ads are typically where we see a lot of success. We're driving traffic typically to like a sample of a resource. And I find that those work really, really well for TPT sellers where they're giving away, like if it's a year long product, like either a week free or sometimes even a month free so that somebody can really see how the product works, see how they're going to use it in their classroom. Will it work for their routines and for their students and for them? Mm -hmm. And then as part of that campaign, the emails are going out being like, if you like that freebie, here's the rest of it. I really, really like, and I've seen a lot of success with specific uh, specific resources, not freebie libraries. They're just okay. too big. It's almost like getting dropped in the middle of a target and being like, find something. Good luck. I mean, right. I can fill yeah. my cart, but I'm <laughs> going to be overwhelmed. And like, I don't know anything right now. Right. And yeah. giving somebody a very specific resource, like I'm doing one that's a guided reading cheat sheet. Okay. Like giving them that very, very specific guided reading cheat sheet and that's actually the ad of Jan- January's ad of the month was the, this one <laughs> that tells the person, okay, yes, I need this. I teach reading. I'm a primary teacher. Her, her specifically is French immersion or French mm-hmm. 
classes. So like I check all of these boxes, whereas a freebie library, you'll often have potentially some math resources and some language resources and some this and some that and all over. And you're kind of the targeting piece and knowing who you're speaking to is all off there. Right. right. And that's why the best success that I've had is with those very specific targeted once mm-hmm. I also have had some really great success with some of my TPT sellers driving traffic to blog posts okay. have um, a freebie opt-in at the end of the blog post. And so sometimes it's tips and strategies about whatever the topic is mm-hmm. with a free like set of posters or a free resource. And so that's another way that you can be growing your email list. But so it's also- not like an opt-in right away where you're yeah. getting them to like get their email from just that copy or whatnot, they actually go in, they read the blog post, they kind of get warmed up a little bit, right? So that's kind of the idea behind that one. Yeah. And you're nurturing the people, you're giving them some value. And then you're saying like, if that was really valuable, here's this. But the really great thing about that and all of the ads is once somebody like you found out with clicking on something, once you click on something and once you go to somebody's website, they're now part of your pixel bundle like bucket of audience and so once they've gone to the the that blog post even Mm -hmm. if they don't opt in they're in our bucket of people and they'll start to see other ads and so maybe they were looking for a reading resource but that specific one that we're they landed on didn't fit well maybe Mm -hmm. the next one that they land on will fit and they'll come on the email list the next time right and so like oh I remember reading that blog post from Jenzea let me go and find out what else she has this is really cool you know like she's popping up my on my feed again so Mm -hmm. yeah I hear you (laughs) and well I don't think any of us consume blogs the same way we used to yeah back in like 2008 or whatever, where you would like go back to the very first blog post and read everything. We're more like search for what we need, get the answer. But if you keep falling on the same person's blog post, that's giving great quality, they might be the first person that you're okay. Like, let me go see what Jillian has on her blog about this before I touch on your social media page from your blog and go follow reach out to DM you. Right. Right. Like, Hey, I had this thought, like, do you have anything that could support me with this? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. All of those, this is all part of the relationship building piece. Mm -hmm. And it's part of growing your brand visibility, growing your brand awareness, because the more people who know about you, more of an expert you are, right? And so both of those two, I've seen really, really huge success with driving directly to the landing page, getting people right on the email list or Mm -hmm. to a blog post, which does have the goal of an email list subscriber, but the Mm -hmm. backup is nurturing and all of those other great things that we talked about. So, and I know that like Facebook ads can definitely be intimidating for a lot of people and I'm sure time consuming to manage and teachers sometimes don't have the time to do that. So if they want to come to you to help them with all of this, where can they find you? Where can they get more information about what you have to offer? So the best place to get information is my podcast. It's called Market Scale Grow. I put out weekly episodes on Saturdays. They're my Saturday strategy sessions. And I cover tons of Facebook ad marketing strategy, but also just marketing in general. So whether you're just getting started or you're looking for some of those more advanced like topics, Market Scale Grow is probably the best place. And then of course, on Instagram, I am there as well. So. Okay, great. So I'm going to put all your information. Well, it'll be popped up on the screen, but also Check the show notes for all of Jen Zaya's links and where you can find her and get more information. This is so helpful. I'm sure that a lot of teachers are going to get so much out of this. So thank you so much for being here and giving us all of this valuable information. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat with you. Yeah, of course. And go find her, go check her out. And I will see you in the next one. Bye.
Be sure to head over to our free Facebook group, Thriving Teacher Tips, and let us know what your takeaways are from today's episode. I look forward to hearing from you. If you loved this episode, be sure to subscribe so you can catch all new episodes. Please leave a review if something resonated or even just send me a DM. It means the world to me to hear from you. Thank you for letting me into your business and your life today. We are going to love growing together as you create a profitable and sustainable income, selling your teaching resources or services. I'm so honored to be here to make your life a little bit easier with the best advice, training, and mindset shifts to grow your business, and most importantly, save you time and sanity. I'll see you in the next one.